Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. Welcome to The Experience here on ESPN LA. I'm Laferne Cusack. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I have, as my sister said, the crew is back together again. (laughs) Uh, I've known these gentlemen for over 20 years and we're talking about focus, strength and goddess black with actor, writer, Nick Gilley, executive producer, Carl Calhoun and director, Dwayne Perry. So mom and dad got divorced when I was nine and I hadn't seen dad in a while. So I went to go visit him for the weekend. I was curious about him and I'm there in his kingside bed, dwarfed. I'm supposed to be asleep, but I'm not. I'm just raking my eyes over his bureau and his furniture and I'm looking for clues of him. He's my father, you know, and then the phone ring outside. It's like bing, bing, bing. Him, my father answered the phone. Then him hanging up. The bedroom door open. I'm supposed to be asleep. I think about pretending and I, I don't. I sit up. We look at each other. Neither one spoke. And he moved to the heavy wood nightstand, turned on the clay lamp, opened up the drawer and get out the fat silver gun and start to load it. I'm trying to be nonchalant. So I ask what kind of wood the table's made out of. <laughs> and he said, oak. I like oak furniture. Always have. It lasts and it looks nice while the bullets click in place and B.B. King's Gambler's Blues plays out in the other room. And then he says, there's been a little trouble at the store. I have to go out. I won't be gone very long. ESPN L.A. 710. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Nick, I talk about how focused you are. And you had said to me a couple of weeks weeks ago, you know, focus and forget about all the other stuff. And I was like, right. You know, when you're on the court, when you're on the field, that is what athletes do. They're focused and they're determined and they get the job done. Talk about your focus. Well, first of all, thank you for calling me focused. I appreciate that. Um, I I don't know that I am, but I do try to be. And um, I'd say, you know, I, I, of course, want to be clear that I'm not calling myself an athlete in any way, but I do like to use my body and I do like to to work out and be active. For me, focus is when I'm able to place something uh, above myself. In other words, when I'm able to place something above how I'm feeling, above, uh, you know, just the day to day worries that enter the mind. And, um, and, and, and so that's what this project has been for me. And, and, and often as a performer, um, you know, cause you're going to be in front of people sometimes who have paid money. And so there's some fear in that, like you want to be of value to their money. And so I'm able to focus on that because I'm able to make it bigger than myself. So with Goddess Black, how did you come up with this concept? So it's a, it's a story. It's a mythology. And, uh, you know, what I wanted to do is create what I consider to be a different story or a different mythology. When I see TV and film, I frequently just... For my own self, I frequently see the same story over and over again. You know, some character wants to do a thing and then he tries to do something or something gets in his way and then he either does or he doesn't do the thing and then something else happens the end. And I'm kind of tired of that story, so I wanted to try to create something different. And I saw that the first thing to do was to create two universes, two two views of life, two positions. And so Goddess Black is three characters and talking about their life in a three-dimensional Earth space. And then they come to find out that their eternal selves, their actual life is in an entirely different space, um, a space I call darkness or the black. I chose the darkness and the black, again, because I was interested in creating a different mythology than the one I always see. And I've noticed that for some reason, light is always good and dark is always bad. 
in, uh, in, in our mythology and our TV and film and, and our culture. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. And so I wanted to create a story that had, uh, that maybe presented the opposite viewpoint. And Carl, tell us how you got onto this project. Well, uh, you know, Nick and I have worked together on many, many projects over the years. And, uh, he, he has actually been toying with these ideas for, for many, many years. And I've been, uh, the uh, fortunate, sometimes unfortunate recipient of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, brainstorming and discussion about this subject, uh, but eventually Nick began to crystallize these ideas and he put them down on paper and told me that he wanted to put a show together and I was a hundred percent in and supporting any way I could. You know, executive pr- producer came to be the role, but I told him I would have been. You know, sweeping up, uh, sweeping up after the show if right. that's what it was mm. required because I really wanted to support so the kind. idea. Yeah. And Mr. Perry? Uh, yes, yes. Um, the same question I, I'm assuming yes, that you're asking. Go yes. Ahead. Uh, seriously, my involvement with this comes just strictly out of love for Mr. Nagili. Um, he was the first person I met uh, in college at Northwestern University all these many years ago. And he said he had an idea and we had gone to see a couple of solo shows. And I said, Nick, you know what? You have a lot to say. Mm -hmm. You should do a show. And about three days later, he called me and said, I'm going to write it and we're going to put it up tomorrow. (laughs) And and you're going to (laughs) direct. And I said, uh, "Okay, well, let's think about this (laughs) but that's the long and the short of it and uh, of course i have to say i'm i'm on board as well producing it and that that's actually actually i was like oh yeah this would be great you could do this and do this it goes great and then a day later okay i'm doing it october 30th and november 9th at the uh hudson backstage theater you could get tickets on stage 411.com and i was like wait a second i haven't even opened (laughs) wait wait but that's what that's what i love about you you don't you don't like Wait. my sister said, right. You don't talk about it, be about it type of thing. Mm, yeah. So talk about that aspect of, of your life and how that led into the creation of this. Because this is, again, like I said, a baby of yours. Like, Thank you. Uh, you, you know, well, well obviously I, I'm male and I have no idea that what it takes to, 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 to make a baby's. Um, but I, I understand. <laughs> I, I want to be humble before something like that, but I understand the metaphor, um, for sure. And, um, you know, it, it, it is love. Like Dwayne and Carl and you have said, you know, we, we're, we're a group of friends that care very deeply for each other. And that's important. That's pretty much all that's important. But for me, I'll tell a brief story. In high school, I was kind of quiet and I was sitting at the, I was in a suburban high school and I was sitting at the black table and then some of the like charismatic boys were talking about how this one place, um, this one park district facility would not rent to, to blacks. They used a different word. <laughs> uh, and I was listening that, you know, park parties wouldn't rent, rent to blacks and that just sounded crazy to me. So I was lucky enough to have a little hoopty car and I stopped at the park district facility on the way home and asked to see the park district manager and a lady asked me what it was about. And I said, uh, she asked me if she could ask what it was about. And I said, no, I'd like to speak to the manager. And then I went in to talk to him and I said, I heard in high school that you all don't rent to blacks. You're either going to give me two dates or I'm going to go home and call our family lawyer and we're going to press a civil rights suit against you. So he gave me two dates, two applications. He told me I had to get two policemen as security guards. Um, Mm -hmm. I was 16. And so then I went to the um, police department and asked to speak to the the uh, sergeant in charge, and I told him the same thing um, that I, I, I was I, I had to get a policeman for these two dates, and he was either gonna get me two off-duty policemen or I was gonna press a civil rights suit. And so um, I got two cops. I had to pay like fifty dollars an hour for them. So then I went back to school the next day, and I had two party dates. So we started giving parties, and um, I wasn't as much the quiet guy. (laughs) Um, So I've kind of always been like that. Like if there's, you know, if you, if, if there's something to do, just do it. Or if you want to do, to do something, try to do it. And, um, 
And yes, I do try to encourage others to do the same. Um, L.A. has a great many very beautifully hearted people who have ideas and things they want to do. And, um, you know, the only way to do that is just to to do it, to sit down and take one step and take another step and and to do the thing. So. And Carl, you too are an actor, a, a, fa- a fantastic actor. Do, fantastic. do you? Do and you, Dwayne, both. Yes, of, them, of course. And of you. Course. And can you relate to that as an actor bringing forth? Oh, absolutely. I, I you know, I'm, I'm inspired as an actor and an artist a lot by the people I work with, the people I've been exposed to as, as much as my experiences. And the people in this room are a huge uh, part of that for me. Um, I love what Nick is doing on stage. In fact, I'm jealous because his work is so fantastic in this play. But yeah, you know, for me, performance is uh, an in- intimate core part of who I am. I still love to perform and I love to watch great performance and I love to be a part of it. So, you know, in addition to the getting the team back together, as you said, (laughs) uh, the opportunity for me to watch Nick uh, explode in this performance has just been uh, amazing. And Dwayne, as director, tell me about your vision and scope for Goddess Black. As director, uh, vision and scope. Well, what I can say to that is, is that it's more of a collaborative effort. Um, I'd like to consider myself a consultant more than a director, because with the solo show, especially one of this nature, Nick has spent so much time coming up with this uh, alternative uh, reality that exists in the piece that I'm just trying to help him uh, negotiate or, or bring to life the the thing that he's envisioned. But I also want to address one other thing. Nick talked about the fact that he doesn't consider himself an, an athlete. I, I think artists in general, oftentimes we sell ourselves short in terms of the physicality mm-hmm. that it takes oh, yeah. to, to be on stage for an hour and 15 minutes all by yourself. The emotional as well as the physical is it's, it's very strenuous, um, probably just as much as, you know, performing a, a ballet that the, these people are athletes, mm-hmm. actors are athletes to to a certain degree. Nick has to have both the mental stamina as well as the physical mm-hmm. stamina to pull this off. It's mm-hmm. it's very taxing on the body. So um, the fact that he does yoga, the fact that he hikes, the fact that he works out, the fact that he boxes, all those things play a very big, important role in giving him the ability to, right. to, to and, be on stage for and, an hour and a half. And if I could add to that, too, it's it's also the orientation towards your 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 performance, the moment um, that you realize your your efforts is very very similar uh, between acting and performance and sports because you are honing um, this sort of um, this sort of unity of of physical uh, and and mental and, and and intellectual. You're bringing the mind and the body together, mm-hmm. and you're practicing towards uh, uh, one moment, you know, game time, so to speak, and that whole that whole psychology of prepping. Rehearsing, preparing for that big moment. It's very similar in athletics and in the arts. Yes. Absolutely. Everything that they both said and, and, and what Dwayne said was, was so generous. Thank you, Dwayne. So generous and, and loving. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'll clarify maybe what I meant. Yes, I am athletic. I love to work out. I love to run and do yoga and I, I like to um, box. I used to kickbox and now I just hit bags. But <laughs> <laughs> And so what I mean, though, I guess when I said I wasn't athletic is um, I sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm 54 and if I'm doing yoga or if I'm running or whatever and there's like some 30 year olds. And, and I, and I do a little better than them. I, I kind of feel, I start to feel myself a little bit, you know, and start to think that I have a thing. Uh-huh. But, you know, LA is so cool. It's filled with so many professional athletes or even fantastic college ones. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for instance, I went in this boxing gym called Wildcard where I hit the bag. And, um, yeah, I am athletic, but watching a boxer <laughs> do what they do or like if I, like, if I see some Sometimes I see football players running and yeah. the thing, watching football players run. <laughs> it's just it's it's so it's absurd to call myself an athlete next what? to something of beauty like that. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what I meant. Um, I just I can't because I've seen it's just like I see athletes use their body and I feel like 
oh my God, I had no idea this thing could do that. I've wasted my whole life. I should have, <laughs> <laughs> I should have worked hard when I was in high school. <laughs> but you were talking, I don't know if you could talk about this uh, on air, but you were talking about how you were, were with Mike Tyson and he was out of shape. When he wasn't out of shape, I don't want to, especially right on air, say nothing about Mike. You're you about to get him in trouble no, right now. No, 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 shape, um, I mean, yes, I was, I, I had the good fortune to spend, to, uh, to spend a little time with, with, with Mike. And once we were in parking lot and, um, he's a real good judge of character. And so he knew, you know, he could look at me and tell that I wanted to sort of like, <laughs> You know, have a little fun or whatever. And he squared off on me and put his hands up. I knew better than to put my hands up. <laughs> I kept my hand, I kept my fists by my shoulders and my elbows at my side. I was like, I don't know what game we're playing, but we're not playing a game where I spar with Mike Tyson. <laughs> and so he did this thing where he dipped to the left and took his middle finger and reached around my body and tapped where my kidneys are. And oh. then... And then swung, it's called a V-duck, and then he swung around to the right and tapped my right kidney with his right middle oh. finger. And the game was, I was just supposed to swivel my elbow at my side from, just swivel from one, from right to left. And I could not get swiveled as quick as he could move his whole body from one side of me to the other. And he was moving so fast, I would see him move and I'd be like, how did he get here? <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't, it wasn't possible. It it's not didn't. possible how he got there. And then, uh, and he just was tapping me. And then, you know, he stopped at a certain point. He, he, anyway, I think he was starting to box and then he stopped himself and backed away. And I was grateful for that. But when I went home, I had like red splotches oh on my, my back. He, all he was doing was touching me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what that is. When you're one of the best ever at something, you're that fast and you touch somebody with your finger and almost kill them. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> but that, but that's true. And I, I think with being an actor, being on stage, it is all of you and you're giving so much of your energy out. Like at the end of some shows, I'm like, I can't talk to anybody. I'm just like, it's, there's nothing else. You got to go back and get your energy back and, yeah. you know, do it again. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. That's especially true with uh, God is black. Um, Nick takes us on uh, a journey that it's, it's so beautifully written. Thank you. And that um, afterwards, yeah, he, he does need a minute or two to regroup yeah. and, uh, come back to this reality and uh it's it's something it's something this is espn la i'm laferne cusack speaking with the star of goddess black nick gilly and also the writer executive producer carl calhoun and director Dwayne perry and again goddess black two performances only wednesday october 30th 8 p.m evening hosted by joaquin phoenix saturday november 9th at 8 p.m the hudson theater for tickets for this uh go to on stage411.com and uh, October 30th and November 9th. That's right. And on October 30th, Joaquin Phoenix has been kind enough to present uh, the, the performance that night. Uh, Joaquin is a very close friend of mine. Yes. And, um, and just like with the three of you, I, I care for him very deeply. And um, so I'm grateful. And when I say friend, I mean in the Chicago meaning a friend, mm -hmm. like, you know, he knew my mama, I know his, like a friend. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud and grateful for his support. And uh, just like Joaquin and all of us, we are so into all of this, the characters with you in your plays. Let's talk about Kamira. Dwayne, mm. talk about Kamira and <laughs> when Dwayne looked at me. <laughs> Nick, talk about Kamira. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kamira. So, you know, I just want to say some, one thing about what Dwayne said is true. <laughs> what? Oh, cause the thing. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's crazy. Like the, at, I feel, <laughs> I feel real fear and hesitation before this, before, like, you know, the day, Why? once it starts at three o'clock, I'll be like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> because it is painful. You know, there's things that happen on stage and there's things, there's character, things that happen. I play a slave. 
and there's things that happen to that character, do you know? And, and, um, I'm not saying that I lived through those experiences. Of course I do not, but, um, I don't know. Something happens when I'm playing that character and it's, it's, um, it's, it's really uncomfortable and painful. And so usually the day before, like around three o'clock, I start just wanting to go to Canada. (laughs) 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 But Kamira is what you asked about. Um, so there's three, um, there's three male characters that live in a three dimensional space. We normally only see TV and films in. And, and then there's three young black girls who are inside these three male characters the the black girls are their eternal souls um and the darkness is inhabited with all uh black females um uh, women and girls and so Kamira of the three sisters is the oldest and um i, I i've you know it's you know how it is when you create something you you know them so i've come to really really love all three of these girls Kamira is um Kamira is the oldest and she is the type that she wants to be perfect. She wants to get everything right. She wants to take care of her sisters. Uh, she wants the mother to be proud of her and to be perfect. And what Kamira misses is that there's an element of pride in that. And um, when you add that into a human body and all the trauma that comes with it, um, things can go astray. So that's Kamira. All right. Pride. Pride. Yeah. Cometh before the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And Tiger. So Tiger. <laughs> Tiger. Uh, Sosa is the baby sister. And Sosa just wants to go fast and do it. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> just more, faster, better, more now, more now, faster. <laughs> and, um, and that's great fun energy. Um, in the darkness, in the space, one of the things Sosa likes to do is go into people's houses when no one is home and repaint the inside of the entire house a multitude of colors (laughs) and then she likes to hide in the bushes until they come home and watch their faces when they see their new (laughs) house painted all these colors (laughs) she's 10 (laughs) Um, but you know it's just like with Kamir's pride that energy you put it into a human body with um, all of the things that happen to human beings and that energy can go one way or the other you can go you can be a professional athlete with energy like that or you can be a really great outlaw <laughs> <laughs> but don't you don't you find with energy and I know we're, we're talking about like mythology and stuff but when you encompass a body when your spirit comes into a body you, you can be limited in regards to energy so it's interesting that you're taking the fact that she it doesn't seem that she's limited in any way uh, without a body she's not you know, when she's in, when she's in the darkness, when she's, um, in the unified heaven space, um, no, there's no, she doesn't get, you don't get tired. You don't get, there's no limit there. But when you come into a human body, um, you're limited by the constraints of the human body. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yes. Then you're limited by the constraints and you're also distracted. And that's the, really the piece of the play. Uh, I think that's the, that's the fun of it for me. The uniqueness is, um, the idea of it is, that um, in the light, in the sunlight, in the three-dimensional space, the things that hurt us, the things that give us trauma, the things that cause us concern, um, they may not be the entire, in the story, I'll say, I'm speaking just for my story. Um, in the story, um, they are a bit of a side issue from the eternal purpose of the soul inside the body. And so when the human being in the story, um, for instance, glory, when um, the character glory sees things in his life that um, he takes in fully and begins to behave, he sees his father damaged. So he begins to behave out of revenge towards other people. Um, he doesn't real, he, he Kamira then inside of glory becomes, um, becomes lost. So it, it, that, I don't know if that's clear enough f- mm-hmm. um, for the audience, but the, the the basic idea is that the eternal spirit goes into the body and then the body can take over. And how, as director Dwayne, do you accomplish, you know, all those intricate ideas? Well, fortunately for me, um, as the director, um, 
Nick has written these amazing words. Isn't it right? So it's, it's all in the writing. It's all in the writing. Uh, it's I, I basically told him, yeah, just do that. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, there, there, there are three things that a lot of directors try to to do when they're directing, and and one of the major focusing focuses is uh, casting. So they say, you know, how do you how do you get such a great show? Casting, <laughs> casting, casting, casting. Mm-hmm. And seeing as Nick is the writer and performer uh, and the creator of this amazing piece, it it was really easy. Mm-hmm. I just sat back and just let him do what he does. And it, so I want to because that's not an entirely, you know, <laughs> I, I picked Dwayne for a really good reason. Dwayne. um Dwayne is a natural genius at what many other people struggle at. Um, Dwayne has maybe less, everyone, particularly myself, um, uh, struggle with ego getting in the way mm-hmm. of life. Um, and, and Dwayne has a, a, an almost preternatural ability to lock onto, um, whatever the other person is feeling doing and or whatever the most important thing in the room to accomplish is Mm -hmm. and stay locked on that. Um, He I I can't really think of a time I've ever seen him put his personal wants or opinions or feelings or even comfort in front of any project that we, we worked on a number of plays together. And so what that gives Dwayne is um, he plays me like an instrument <laughs> and he knows just how to do it, you know, because he's only focused on playing me and not on himself. And, and so he does actually direct me. He, 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 he knew what to say when he knew when to say nothing. He know, he knew exactly That's how exactly to what I said push to him. me. Yeah. He knew exactly how to push me. And, that's exactly and, what I said, and, um, <laughs> and and he did it brilliantly, and 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 it's a tricky thing to do because I, I don't, you know, one of my faults is I don't push well or easily when I sense that I'm being pushed, um, and so um, D- you know, Dwayne du- did that, and I didn't even realize he was doing it till the end of the mm-hmm. open first time we did the play. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that, Carl. The first time that you saw the performance and were part well, of it. The first time I saw it, I, well, for me, the, 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 the huge moment was when I read it for the first time because I, I the, the, the first performance was outstanding, but the ideas hit me the hardest the first time I read it. The notion that, that we can get creative in our work with the concept of a new mythology really, yeah. really spoke to me. And I, I took, Mythology in high school, you know, I've read about the Romans and the Greeks and a little bit about the Egyptians, but the notion that, you know, those fundamental, uh, philosophical, psychological ideas that are expressed through those mythologies, the notion that we can take those fundamental psychologies and philosophies and be creative with them in, in the form of a new mythology, that mm-hmm. really, really spoke to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and in addition to that, Nick's performance in the, you know, essentially three monologues that represent um, the girls inhabiting of these these men. Those monologues are brilliantly written, and they talk about practical day to day struggles of men in general, and specifically black men. So, obviously, spoke to me uh, deeply on mm-hmm. that level, also. Um, as I was talking to myself driving home the other day, <laughs> I heard, I <laughs> you know, you are, I'm listening to the radio, listening to things, and there's all these ads talking about how to make a man more, you know, prominent, how you need more hair, you need, and it's a, a <laughs> constant barrage of you're not good enough, <laughs> you're you need more. You need to, you know, take this pill. So, you know, and I was like, wow, that must be very difficult. And I know we as women get it, you know, you mm-hmm. need to. But is that something that you took into effect when you're writing this? Did, like what type of things in regards to being a male and then these female souls coming in, hmm. did you hmm mesh them together wow that's a really cool question i want to try to be concise which i'm not good at (laughs) 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 not i try so hard but i'm not so yes 
First of all, uh, if, for me, that is an issue that um, over the past 23 years, personally, I've worked through. And um, yeah, I, I'll say two things about that. You know, I sometimes hear men say a phrase like, as a man, I have to, or as a man, mm-hmm. I am. But what I've noticed, maybe only in the past two years, is I... I I don't I can't think of one time I've ever heard a white man say that. It's always been black men that mm-hmm. have said that. And and so um I think that there is uh, information in that. Um so first I'll say the word man it just to me there is no being a man if one has a penis and one <laughs> feels that they are male in their male body as opposed to Maybe sometimes feel people feel they're female in their male body. Uh, if you feel you're male in your male body and you have a penis or not, maybe there's an injury, whatever, you're a man. I mean, it's a, it's a physical thing. There is no um, achieving it. I mm. think that that, for me, I'm just saying my own opinion. I think that that is a, a hustle. Um, I think it's um, an intentional manipulation designed to make people feel insecure and th- thus be easily, more easily controlled. Um, and so I have no intention of playing that game <laughs> with the people doing the hustling. <laughs> and, um, and then as I got there, then yes, as I unpacked that more, I did a lot of reading, um, a lot of Western philosophy until I started to realize it was all saying the same thing. But as I unpacked that more, I started to, um, see a connection between that particular hustle and the issue of race and the issue of gender and, uh, and sociology. Mm, that's very interesting. What about you, Dwayne? Yeah, uh, it's it's we're in a very interesting uh, time in our society with the whole Me Too and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I can remember when all that came raging to the forefront and it made me stop and think of my behaviors as a quote unquote man and, and what I might have done that crossed a line or two. Um, but it's, we are we are so conditioned by our society that to, to step back and to do some self-examination um, is probably one of the most important things that we can do. And I think with Goddess Black, um, the characters do that. There's some self-examination that goes on uh, that is so very important to our um, humanness mm-hmm. so that we can get past male, a man, being a man or being mm-hmm. a woman or whatever that is supposed to mean. And we can become uh, human beings. We can uh, love one another and, and try to do at first do no harm. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could just get to that, if we could just do no harm mm-hmm. to one another. Uh, and, and I think um, that would be a, a big first step. Yes. <laughs> ESPN LA 710. He always called his tavern he owned the store. So I, I convince him to take me with him. I tell him I lay on the floor in the back of the Lincoln like Rooster and Beretta. And that makes him laugh. So he says, okay. And there's me and my father pulling across the gravel parking lot of the tavern he owns and he gets the glove out the glove box. He tells me to stay in the car till he comes back and gets me, which I don't do. And don't worry about getting on the floor, which I don't do either. And he's inside for about a minute. And then there's gunshots and glass breaking and people screaming. And I jump up out the car and I run towards the back door because that's what I always do. That's how I am. I run towards trouble. I was made that way. ESPN LA 710. This is ESPN LA. I'm Laferne Cusack speaking with the star of Goddess Black, Nick Gilly, and also the writer, executive producer Carl Calhoun, and director Dwayne Perry. That is a very interesting idea. I think the the older like I get is the more thought process I put on. Okay, well, why why am I doing that? How can I grow from mm-hmm. it? Where do I take it from there? What are your ideas on that, Carl? Of Growth well, and 
Oh my goodness. Expanding your consciousness. <laughs> Gross and expanding my consciousness. Uh, uh, for me, that's uh, summed up in the form of a five-year-old daughter. Oh, <laughs> she's so cute. Uh, yeah, that has been the greatest expansion of my consciousness since, uh, yes. since probably I was five years old. Like her. Uh, you know, and with respect to the to the show, uh, you know, th these are young girls that are representing this new mythology and uh, this space in the darkness that people, all of us go to, is represented in the form of young black girls. And for me, uh, one of the expansions of my thinking has just been, uh, as, as Dwayne referenced, uh, you know, with this moment in society that we're in, I started to reflect heavily on just what respect means, what what a position of prominence and a, and a voice in this in this uh, society actually means. Um, I feel like the play represents that uh, hmm. in a way for me that people will come to the show and, and inevitably start to reflect on what a voice actually means in in our mm -hmm. society and what voices have not had the representation that probably they should have. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And that that's one thing I talked to you about, Nick, as well, is how uh, society now, you know, talking about politics and the things that are going on in our own communities, how a lot of the thought processes that we have come to know is crumbling away and a new a new way of thinking about things is rising, which I think that is totally what this play is about, mm. you know, forming a new consciousness of in a way of who you are yeah. that's very generous and kind thank you um and and i, I noticed some like Dwayne said like you said and, and like carl said i noticed some really exciting things happening um you know uh oh my goodness i saw this young black girl speaking at a at, a, at one of the women's rallies i can't wish i could remember her name and then there's there's wonderful black female artists in town. Uh, I, shot, I saw a show called Black The Black Sun. But I want to say something about what you and Dwayne just said. Uh, and again, I want to struggle to be concise. Um, an idea of the play is that there is a fundamental concept, at least I'll speak for in United States culture. In the, um, and it is tied to, I think, um, it's tied a bit to that phrase, being a man. And that fundamental concept is... Um, I can increase myself by taking away from you, from mm -hmm. yourself. I can, if I can defeat you in some way, I can make myself better. Mm -hmm. And, um, and at a certain point I locked in on that as, um, as, as, as a problem. Um, you know, if I follow that to the end, I ended Amer I can end in American slavery, um, or I can end in genocide of the Indians. Um, and so um, I did want to find an opposing viewpoint of that and, and where the play, just like what Dwayne was saying, do no harm and what you were saying, a new idea. Um, the, 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 the fundamental idea of the play is uh, I am you. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little different than I can increase myself. And personally, I, I guess another idea of the play, the souls, um, there is no increasing a self. It's the same size. Mm -hmm. We all have the same size soul if we have souls at all. And if we don't have souls, then, you know, like I've said before, I know just we just we'll get the knives out and start taking everybody. I mean, it's one way or the other. Right. Well, I, I think in, to be to be more concise to to your your word. So incre increasing yourself in, in regards to expanding of one's mind and thought processes of what you do and what you do to learn and and grow as mm. a spirit here mm. right mm. yeah yes i try to keep talking say that i'm speaking of the mythology and the story and the play because mm -hmm. i um i'm uh, i'm not i'm not a phd and i don't want to be and i don't want to get into the position of having to argue some viewpoint academic because i'm not interested in that so i'm um but in the in the story mythology um Yes, it, the story mythology idea is that, uh, a, the goal of life is to come to know the eternal self and the eternal self of others. It is what it is. Come to know it and to, to know that of others as well. Yeah. Now, how does that relate to you, Carl? Oh, one of the main goals of my work as an artist and what I, what I like when I see great artists, uh, like the three of you and 
Joaquin, he was involved with the show, is that I just come out having a, a, a modicum of more re- love and respect for myself and for mm-hmm. others. It's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a We talk about this connection with athletics. Mm-hmm. When I perform, you know, well, not so much when I perform poorly, which happens, but... <laughs> <laughs> but when I, when I can, when I've I can, never seen it. I, I've when never I, when I can either. occasionally uh, be uh, accepting of my work after a show, there, there's that that <laughs> feeling of uh, the release of endorphins that you get with athletics. Do you know what I mean? You yes. have that sort of that that uh, that eye of the tiger moment. Yeah, that calm, that, that peaceful. Uh, uh, high, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. you know, that comes from a good run uh, mm-hmm. or a good performance, you know, and it's and you, you're when you're in that place, you're just open, more open, more simple, more uh, composed with yourself and with others. And that's sort of the that's that's really about what it's about for me, you know, on every level. And, and this show, every single time I see it, I have that that moment mm-hmm. after I'm done. Or after he's done. So. After we're done. After we're done. Yeah. done. And it's great when I can say we're done and he's done all the work. Yeah. Right. right. Although it's cool, like, you know, you, your friends are in the audience and you know they're there and, and you know them real well. Like with Dwayne and Carl and, and the time you came and or when Wak has been there, um, you can feel your friends being a, yeah. nervous for you. Oh. You know what I mean? You can feel your friends <laughs> with you, like on stage yeah. with you. like. And I always feel like that's a particularly powerless place to be because... <laughs> You know, you're emotionally tied to what's happening on stage and have zero power over it because you're not the one on stage, you know, and, and actually that gives me um, that gives me comfort. You know, yeah. I'm like, OK, well, I'm not really up here alone. I'm also up here with with all my friends. And that's that's cool. Right. And that was, we were talking about how, like, when you're in because this at the Huston backstage is 99 seat theater mm-hmm. and. Um, the in- intimacy of theater and being in that space, you as an actor can feel all that energy. It's terrifying. You know? It's terrifying. It's terrifying. I, I, but it's, it's joyful, too. After it's, it's like- over, it's joyful. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of live theater. And it's important to uh, our society to continue to support live theater. Yes, sir. Because it gets people in a room together to not only experience whatever the play is, but it allows us to commune and and allows our spirits to um, join together. And hopefully we can um, find something to uh, feel that we have in common with one another yes. as opposed to always being at each other's throat. Mm. A- absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things that, <laughs> that brought me to brought me on to this project. It, I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. I haven't been this excited in a long time. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I think I need to do more of that. Goddess Black. Goddess Black starring Nick Gilly. Again, this is a solo performance uh, at Hudson Backstage Theater. And again, directed by Dwayne Perry, executive producer Carl Calhoun. Also produced by myself and Ahmad Jackson, Susan Dalian, Joaquin Phoenix, and music designed by Khalil Cummings. Khalil Cummings. Yes. Let's talk about that music. Okay, so um, uh, Khalil is, um, I I had recently started going to um, what is called an Ile, an Ifa, which is the Yoruba religion that, for instance, Santeria and I think Kan. Candomblé. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Are based is is, is based on um, um, Ogun, Oshun, the the Orisha, and so I started going to this Ile, which is like a service, um, and this amazing music and dance, and uh, a young man named Khalil um, playing um, uh, the drums and and sort of the direct help directing the music. And so I'd been a fan of his and then I've seen him about town doing performances and he was on stage with, um, Kamasi Washington and, um, he, he's musically, um, gifted and, but also there's a energy, a spirit when he plays that he's just playing from another place. I like so much. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so he has been kind enough to try and design some music for the show. And uh, we don't have much time, but we're going to try to put it together and and get it in the show for the 30th. October 30th and November 9th. uh, Two shows only solo performance. Uh, let's let's talk about the encompassing. So we have the the music, the writing, the lights. Um, how music can transform just about anything. I feel like there's <laughs> there's so many ways that um, music can fit into a production, but especially for this instance, it's it's more. I feel m- maybe. Um, um, there are some things I feel that you can't say with words. Mm-hmm. What about? Oh yeah, you are, you're preaching to the choir right now. Mm-hmm. Music music is the is the is that that thing that gets you to the plane of of who you really are and what you really feel and what you're really thinking. Gets you from the everyday foam down into the beer. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> the foam ain't going to get you nowhere. You know what I mean? So, but, but music will allow you to make that trip from the the crust of life, the everyday, down into who you really are and what you're really feeling and the comfort, the depth. And that's especially true when it's in conjunction with other artistic mediums like movement, yeah, uh, language, uh, emotional expression, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's how I feel it, and that, and that's that's exactly what we're after with the show. Mm. And uh, the elef- can you talk about elephant, 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 um, <laughs> Leitro, um Can can I can I say one, yep. one thing about the music? Just because it, you're right, Laferne. It's um, music. I, I believe has been called the voice of God, um, and and, um, and it, it communicates something that nothing else can. And, and particularly, I would say. Um, the um, music that is descended from the African and black American slaves. Um, uh, I've said this, my, my friends are tired of hearing me say it, but I, I've said that, that that music currently in the form of hip hop, but also rock and roll, jazz, blues, that music has conquered the world four times. Um, I, I, I would argue that anywhere you go on planet Earth, the sun goes down and the descendant of slave music owns the night. And so I think that's tremendously powerful. And I think there's information in that. Um, I'm, I am very, I could not be more proud to be descended from black slaves. Um, I, that's not something I'm ashamed of. I'm proud to be descended from people that would be able to accomplish that labor and keep living and have children and pass life on. I can't even conceive of the courage that that would take. And so, um, people that did that, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to be descended from them. And, and my understanding is that it was the song, the music, which enabled them to keep living and to, to move forward. And so we are, we, the play is a work in progress, but we are very much trying to, develop music that um that can accomplish that or at least indicate that uh someone said to me once i can't remember i was talking to them about this and they were like yeah how but how will we get the voices (laughs) how will we find voices now that can produce the amount of power that the slave voices would have had in the cotton fields in mississippi where do we find those voices you know it was kamasi kamasi washington said that to me and i was like I don't know. Uh, you know, it's something fun to try to figure out, though. Yeah, yeah, and you guys are doing it, uh, Dwayne. How how do you, or what do you feel the audience should take take away from Goddess Black? Well, um, let, let me relate a story, um, which you were a part of uh, several years ago. I had the good fortune of teaching or being a part of uh, diversity training programs, mm. uh, Linda Oku uh, and associates. We went all across the country um, doing these workshops and these workshops, we would do this, the actors myself and, and you went a couple of times yourself, Laferne, we would do these one minute, maybe sometimes even 30 second scenes. And we had a very specific thing that we were trying to get across mm. and uh, despite our efforts, there, there, there were always 
10 or 12 things that people saw in our little one minute scene that we had no intention of getting them to see. Um, and, and I, that was very valuable. To mm-hmm. And as a director, I realized that in as much as you can lead people, mm-hmm. you, you, you can't um, have any real great expectation about what they're going to take from it. Mm. My mother used to uh, talk about going to church and she used to say, go to church, get what it, get from it what you need and leave the rest of it there. So my hope is for people to come to see God is Black, get out of it what they need, mm. and then we've accomplished our goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it, um, Because we all need different things. Mm-hmm. you know, And we all have different experiences and whatever performance is out there, I, I'll take from it that something that Carl didn't and mm-hmm. vice versa. And it's just like, our whole human existence is based upon us and our own reality is our own reality is, is no one else's. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there is an overarching theme to the, to the uh, piece, of course. And um, Nick has, has written these amazing words. Um, and there is a very specific thing that the, the play is addressing. Um, but, to limit people's um, yes. view of yes. that would would be selling not only the play short but the theatrical experience in yeah. general short. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and yeah, there's you know some I got some little dumb ideas about what I think I'm doing. Do you know? And that's that's very cute. But um, Dwayne's absolutely right. The important thing is um, for me at least that whatever is happening is actually a mystery, and I can't really know what it is really meaning and it's none of my business. So my hope is that people come and they are affected in any way that Mm -hmm. assists them in, in, in their life, no matter what that, that, that affects. But is is. that more of a a coming down to, well, what is art? Cause I may look at, you know, Mm. a Banksy, like Banksy talks about that. (laughs) He's like, well, you know, I put art up in, um, uh, in New York, I don't know if you guys saw this video of, of all these street art artists and he had all these Banksy's out and had a guy sell them and everybody kept passing by the table, passing by the table. And then this one guy from Chicago came up and he was like, oh, and he bought everything. <laughs> but he didn't know it was a Banksy, right? Yeah. So he's going home with yeah, all yeah. these Banksies. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But but that's the thing. It's like the value we put on stuff. That's that's mm-hmm. what makes it beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great story. <laughs> right? I'd like to meet that dude. I that knew it on site. You know, he, he, saw, like, he saw it. He was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. But I don't think he knew it was. A, maybe he, he did. Knew, but he, he knew it was something. Yes. And he knew it. He didn't need the New York Times to tell him what was valuable. Yes. And I love those people. But yeah. but that is also the key. Is like, we don't need anybody else telling the, us that we are valuable. We right. have to know it within ourselves. And yes. Which goes back to, you know, expanding who we are and what we think about our own selves. Yeah. Which is also why we have to be very careful about intending an audience to get something mm-hmm. from any artistic expression. Yeah. You want people to 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 walk in and and interact personally with it. And I don't know what is going on with every single person that comes to this show, but I sure hope that what they see will inspire them to think about themselves and take something from it. Just like my man on the street, with, mm-hmm. he, he saw something mm-hmm. and and he took what he needed, mm-hmm. as your mother says, which is all of it. On, and, and he, <laughs> which was all of it, right? <laughs> right. But but you know he 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 saw something and and uh, and was moved and and kept on stepping, and that that's all I really would hope for anybody that comes to see the show. Me too. Yes. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. You can say no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I probably will. <laughs> can you give us a little taste of uh, oh, part God. of the show? Oh, God, I can't, though. No, you can't do <laughs> no. that. Um, Could you sing? Could you sing a few bars? <laughs> uh-huh. No, no, that's not what she meant. She's Laferne is um, is supportive, and, 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 and that's very generous of you, but... Um, 
No, it's just not that kind of show. You know what I mean? It's um, like literally the preparation includes me laying on the ground begging for an hour that some spirit please come in my body and do this show because I can't do it by myself. So, mm. you know, if you have an hour and I can go over there and, and lay on the ground and beg for a while and then come <laughs> back. And do, I mean, there's a there, there's a thing. So, um no, I can't. Okay, that's cool. So the, this the whole community again. This uh, how can we go about being part of this community, taking part, coming to see the show? It's at the uh, Hudson Backstage Theater. Um, tickets are available on stage four one one dot com, and I believe they should uh, eventually also be up on the H- Hudson Theater website. October thirtieth and November ninth. Right. And evening on October 30th, hosted by Joaquin Phoenix, and then Saturday, November 9th at 8 p.m. as well. Limited time only with the star of it and the writer, Nick Gilly. How does that feel? I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm just excited. I, um, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just. <laughs> it doesn't feel. It's, it, it's, it's Nick, uncomfortable. I, it's uncomfortable. I, I don't, but I don't understand because it's just like, it's so great. I mean, just knowing you for so long and then you talking about it and doing it. And then it's just like, I know it's taken a while, but it's like, it's here. No, I'm, I'm, so the, the, the show and the idea and my friendships here are tremendously important, um, to me. And, uh, and, and what I mean, it's uncomfortable is that, um, it's not, me i'm just the i'm just a little rusty pipe the thing moves through (laughs) and so when i hear my name attached to it there's a i i say i feel about actors about performance and this is again just my opinion if somebody's in a movie they're portraying a mythology um, it's not actually them. And it can be very dangerous to get mm-hmm. oneself confused with the mythology you're portraying. I, I'm just a human and I'm a pitiful little, little human and I'm moving through life. Um, there's a mythology that happens uh, and that's a projection. So that's why um, I get uncomfortable. I, maybe it's just a reminder to myself that um, yeah, I'm able to something is moving through me and I'm grateful for that. And I have friends that care about me and I'm grateful for that. Um, but it's not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you relate to that, Carl? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the joys for me of, of watching great work and, 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 and performing myself is that, uh, you, you can, you can train and bring an understanding and a commitment and a meaning to your work to the point that, it starts to get weird and something is flowing through you. Mm-hmm. It's not brain uh, piloting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're piloting, your pilot piloting is happening from a different place. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really appreciate mm-hmm. about the work. I wish I could do that, you know, in the morning with my cup of coffee, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but too. it's harder. <laughs> uh, you know, the arts, the only thing in my life really, other than my, my family my friends and my, my, particularly my daughter, uh, that really regularly allows that for me is, is the arts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm committed to it. Yeah. Laferne's looking at me. <laughs> um, you know, one of the reasons, well, I kind of got forced into, into directing. Um, uh, oh, just our, in general. Just in general. Yeah, our, our dear friend um, Harry Lennox was supposed to direct and then he <laughs> couldn't and then I had to. But anyway... Which is your natural destiny. Yeah, could be. Uh, Harry Lennox, who's actually invisibly here. Because <laughs> anywhere, all four of us together. That's Harry's right. There. He's there. Yeah. Um, the whole, the, the thing about directing is that it allows you to not only um, see the work, but mm-hmm. you can feel it because you've been a part of the process all mm-hmm. along. So um, that's the thing that I, that can separate that I separate from being an actor because I, I have acted and now that I've have directed, uh, I think I enjoy the directing process more. I, I like being able to see it and also feel it because mm-hmm. I, I get really attached to mm. whatever project I'm working on mm. and the actors on stage. I, I feel everything that they're feeling. Um, uh, so it's it's different than piloting from a distance or whatever. It's it it allows me to 
have a, a closer to a total experience. Cause when you're on stage, you can't see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, you, uh, you, you can only hope that you're getting across whatever your intention. Um, but as as the director, I like to sit back and watch, and and then I'm allowed to just feel everything, <laughs> you know, and and yeah. watch and see the whole thing develop. It's That's it's awesome. um, wonderful experience. Um, just like watching Lafern, you uh, on stage um, at the Kirk Douglas several years ago. Oh, that was fun. Um, it was kind mm. of an amazing thing to watch. Mm. Uh, very 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 talented actor. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. That was fun. Great direction. <laughs> All right. Goddess Black, a solo performance written and performed by Nick Gilly. Executive producer here, Carl Calhoun, directed by Dwayne Perry, also produced by myself. Ahmaud Jackson, Susan Dalian, Joaquin Phoenix, and music designed by Khalil Cummings. Again, two performances only, Wednesday, October 30th, 8 p.m. Evening hosted by Joaquin Phoenix, Saturday, November 9th at 8 p.m., the Hudson Theater. For tickets for this, uh, go to... Onstage411.com. <laughs> and you can also go to the Hudson Theater website. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for inspiring me. Thank you. Thank you. I I feel like revived. Thank you. Thank you. Carl Calhoun, Nick Gilly, and Dwayne Perry. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dwayne. I'm Laferne Cusack. This is ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710.